name is Gunner, and I play in a local Austin band called The Big Gun Show. And I created this podcast to sit down with other songwriters, musicians, artists, and lovers of music to talk about their top five records that have inspired their lives and musical prowess. Today's guest is Harmony Kelly. She spells her name H-A-R-M-O-N-I, so no Y on the end. We had a full-on blast talking about her top five records, much like many of my other podcastees. Like many made-up word podcastees, huh? Uh, Harmony had a terrible time choosing what records we were going to talk about. We had a killer time. She mentions how she ended up picking her top five records, the way that she approaches music, what she hears. Uh, and it's so awesome when a podcastee, using my word again, um, comes to some sort of revelation. And it's truly awesome. So I've also made an update to kind of, what I don't know what you call it, but to top, my top five records podcast. Moving forward, all podcastees will now have to deal with quizzes. They won't know what I'm going to ask them, but I assure you they're going to have a good time. Uh, also, I just got a new Zoom Live Track L8. It's a killer little board. They have what they call sound pads. It allows me to punch in specific sounds, applause, laughter, whatnot. I get to use it for the first time on this podcast. The downside is that the podcastee has to be here with me, and we can't do it remote. I typically am going to mention that my band, The Big Gun Show, uh, just got out of the studio recently. Uh, we are still mixing our new effort down, looking to release the first single when the new year comes around. Uh, hopefully COVID will leave us alone. Uh, at least that's the plan now. The new record is called Honky Rock Side A. Honky Tonk, flip it over. Full on rock and roll. Let's get to the conversation, but first, close your eyes. You're skating around the roller rink. What five records do you have? Harmony Kelly. How are you? Welcome to the My <laughs> Top 5 Records podcast. Man, I'm stoked to be here. I am stoked too because I love your records and I'm really excited. Oh, I got, I got some new ideas and some new like quiz questions. <laughs> so we're going to see how well you know oh, your uh, traveling Wilburys and Guns N' Roses. Oof, okay. This, God, I'm scared now. Yeah, don't be scared. This is going to be fun. Okay. It's going to be fun. All right. So all your right. records, I have you as uh, GNR, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for mm-hmm. Destruction, Prince mm-hmm. Purple Rain, Awesome. Yeah. Such a good album. Oh I my love God. Make, people making me listen to that again. Uh, the Traveling Wilburys, Volume 1. Yes. Not Volume 2. Nope, not Volume 2. There's not a Volume 2. <laughs> there's um, a, is there a Volume 3? There's a Volume yeah, 3. Yeah, that weird? We purposely did it. It's I, so I love, I love how... How wacky those guys were! You know, they always they had like nicknames and <laughs> the stuff names like that. The names changed yeah, yeah. too. Like, for, yeah, I love it. And uh, David Bowie, Young Americans. Yeah. <sighs> yes. I mean, okay. Well, let's start off with Bowie. Okay. Let's start off with Bowie. Okay. I have never been like a huge Bowie fan. What? I know. I know. Well, I mean, I can say I, I'm a songwriter. Hang on. I wore these oh, specially no. for you, <laughs> my David Bowie Vans. Oh, dude, these are cool. If if you, if you guys out there could see them, they're like black checkered Vans with a big red yeah. Bowie on the side. Yeah, these are my yes. They've got the lightning bolt and everything. These they came out. Vans did a whole run of Bowie shoes, and of course, I was like, oh my god! And then they sold out super fast, and so I think I got these on eBay. Right. But um, yeah, so I wore them specifically for this top podcast. five records. Yeah, yes, exactly. There we go. I love it. <laughs> Okay, so Young Americans, this was released in 1975. Yes. It was uh, his ninth studio album. Yeah. Uh, and so what I've read and I understand now is that it was his departure from the glam rock mm-hmm. era, you know. Um, he described it as, or I heard it described as, the squashed remains of ethnic music as it survives in the age of Muzak rock, written and sung by a white limey. Oh, wow. That's... I think he said that. It's pretty good, actually. I like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, he also called it like plastic soul. That yeah. That was like something that he called it as well. But, uh, you know, Luther Vandross. I, Luther's on there, Luther. man. Uh, heck like yeah. a well, young Luther. he helped write Luther. songs and, and, and rearrange them and stuff like that. That's so awesome. And uh, th- this was also in his heyday of coke addiction. Oh, yeah. Yes, it was. There was a lot of that happening. But most of it was recorded live. Um and 85% of Bowie's vocals were recorded live. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's awesome. That, it's, it's I mean, killer. that gives me a whole new level of like respect for the man. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. I already respected him a ton, but yeah. 
Incredible. Yeah. And then the whole Carlos Alomar. I mean, he's so funky. Amazing. So good. Amazing. So the good. whole band, ever, all the players and all the singers, and it's it's all it's all great. All right, let's hear about it. Talk, talk to me. Well, well, why is this record in your top five records? <laughs> really. So when you asked me to do this, I was I, it sent me into like a little mild panic. It was super fun because... I really had to think. I mean, it's when you told me about it that day at the Pershing, I yeah. went, oh, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds super easy. fun. Yeah, it's <laughs> easy. That'll be, that'll be easy, you know, and I had some coming to mind already. And then when I actually went down and I had my little, I had a little note uh, in my phone. And so when I think of something, I'd put it in my notepad, you know, and I'd keep, I'd keep adding. So I'd be on a road trip or I'd be driving or I'd be sitting in my music room and I'd think of another one and I'd put it down. So eventually I had like 10. Yeah. Then I had, then I whittled that down to eight and then it went back up to 12 and then it went back down and I was like, man, he wasn't kidding uh, with this whole thing. So it was really hard for me mm -hmm. to, and I'm sure it's hard for every person who I, sits that's here. Pitch. I'm always like, Hey, listen, here's the <laughs> what you're going to do. You give me the five records. I listen, I research, Dude. we talk about them. It's not easy picking yeah, five. It's not easy. Um, so I'm like a, I'm a, I love David Bowie. I've loved David Bowie since I was a kid, maybe like early, like middle school, maybe, you know, I loved the labyrinth okay. so much. Yeah. Was very into that movie. And then, so, okay. So I was, um, so at some, some point I was working at Isla Video. When I worked at for I love I love video for many years the really? movie store that oh, just kind of shut down it was there was one on airport okay and then there was one um, we moved eventually we were up off Breaker Lane one of the locations and then we moved to Guadalupe where the old Antones right 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 was there so I worked yeah. there for many years and so you could go in and um, watch whatever you want on your shift and so I became obsessed with David Bowie and so I started watching you know all these live video. Thing, you know, tapes that we had or movies that he had been in through the yeah, year, like re researching really weird. Of course, now I can't remember the names of them, but just like very odd B movies. Uh -huh. But I would just watch them because he was in them because I was just so obsessed with it. Yeah, so yeah. Um, then I had to, there was this customer who came in and one day and he was a big Bowie fan and I think I was playing a Bowie movie or something and or maybe I was playing a movie but I had music playing I Dave a David Bowie album playing over the movie mm -hmm. you know which is very common for us in there and so he commented on it and so then the next day he came in and we traded CDs and so I gave him some of my CDs my uh -huh. Bowie CDs and then he gave me some of his and the ones he gave me I, I was like there's I'd never heard of him before right. you know um and so it just it made me sort of go down the, the rabbit hole ra rabbit hole even yeah. more cuz I almost I don't, I don't even know if I would have mentioned this, but I almost chose um, another of his records, Hunky Dory, okay. which is also one of my favorites. And so it was very hard to choose. And so I listened to them back to back and ultimately I picked Young Americans. Americans yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't really know why. I just, I love, I love it. It's super groovy and funky yeah. and John Lennon was involved was. and Luther Vandross was involved. And like, I don't know, it's got a... Beatles cover on there, which it is does. super random, but it's great. Yeah, like it's, no, it's awesome. It's just it's a, it's a great album, you know, and it's yeah. it's of that 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 golden period, I believe, of music. At least I agree. You know, I mean, at least for the Stones, for me, it's like sixty nine to seventy four. Totally, totally. You know, and this was this you said seventy five, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I don't know why, but it was just such a it's such a groovy records groovy record um and just the way i started listening to it in the car the other day because as you said you're going to go back through these as you choose the five and listen to them front <laughs> to back which i hadn't you know obviously i thought done. about it and i was like oh my god i love that record as a whole oh i love that record as a whole and then when i went to sit and listen to the ones i had chosen again i was like yeah that's so good, man. Did it and bring up any memories? Well, yeah, kind of. It, it kind of put me back into those moments of, you know, when I was very, you know, obsessed with David Bowie and digging in and, you know, doing all the stuff. But um, I listened, I started it in the car and just the way that it begins with Young Americans, title yeah. track, off the record with this, that drum fill. It's so stinking good. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was like, and it made me smile immediately. And I was like, oh my God. Um, so good. It's so good. So I was in, um, before I moved to Nashville, I'm back in Austin now, but before I moved to Nashville, I was in a David Bowie cover band. What was it called? Uh, Super Creeps. Okay. Yeah. 
And uh, we had so much fun, and I loved those guys. And they're they're still playing. I'm just not in the band anymore because I kind of left. But we, but Young Americans, the song Young Americans was one of the ones that right, right, okay. was on our was on our uh, set list. I love cover bands, like like tribute cover bands. Oh my god! Like there's one in town called. Well, you know what I love? I love the all girl cover bands. Yes, I'm, yes, like, those are awesome. Like Hell's Bells, mm. ACDC. They're great. And there was another one. It wasn't from Austin. It was uh, called. Paradise Titty. No way. Yeah. Are you <laughs> serious? All girl cover That's band. Freaking great. <laughs> I know. I'm looking them up. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where they are. I don't even know if they're around anymore. I just remember them. Oh God, I want to go see that. What a great cut. Co- what a great, great name. name for yeah. all girl oh, yeah. cover band. Paradise but- Titty. <laughs> 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 That's genius. Damn it, man. Why didn't I think of that? Right. You should have. Yeah. You should have. Okay. So we've got the the white limey. Anything else you want to say about Bowie or this record? Man. It's well, we. I, oh God, what was that documentary? There was a documentary that came out. I want to say it was called like Five Years, um, and it was. I think it was multiple episodes. I'm probably getting this all wrong, but I remember specifically there was a segment about that time in the studio where okay. they were like recording that yep. in Philly, and just and all the shenanigans that were was going on, and and all mm-hmm. the blow that was being consumed. I yes. mean, that was like the heyday of that. But yeah, it's crazy because he was coming out of that super glam rock thing and getting into super into R and B and soul. Right. And you, I mean, you can just see the transition happen with that record. It's like, oh yeah. wow, there it For is. Sure. Okay, no it's super cool. I love that record. I love so it much. when people transition. You know, oh styles, my god, style. Realistically, um, sometimes I don't. <laughs> sometimes I don't. You know. I think he did it well. I I mean, it it had been a while since I listened to that record as a whole, but it's just, all the background vocals and the harmonies and the percussion and the rhythm set, like everything that was happening. Yeah. To me, it was like stellar. So. I don't know if you've listened to it. I mean, you have now, but if yeah. you had listened to it, it was, in its entirety before, but um, I mean, so I have an appreciation for a record, yeah, and an LP, yeah, in the sense that you know, there's because that's the way that I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm recording. I, I I've told you my band, The Big Gun Show, is a rock and roll band, yeah, heavily influenced by Keith Richards, but we play so often at Jenny's Little Longhorn that we have a whole honky tonk side too. <laughs> Cause you, I mean that, that that's awesome. And so the new album we've already cut it. We're just we're we're basically doing final mix down, and uh, it's going to be first side honky tonk, flip it yes. over, second side rock and roll. That's great. Called honky rock. That's amazing. Not great. It's going to be. It's a, it's, it's a true concept. <laughs> I want to come see you guys. Oh, I mean, as soon it. as this whole pandemic the, is. The one thing that uh, I get after every show is the word fun. You guys are so fun. Or, that's so awesome. Or I had so much fun. Or yeah, that, that was so much fun. You know, it's just always, that's it. So I tried to come up with a tagline. I said, what can, how can I brand the band? That's great. So it's bring grandma. She'll have a blast. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. That You got to put that on a shirt if it's not already. Yeah. Or it's come thirsty. Be the VIP. We have VIP <laughs> fan club cards and stuff like plastic cards. <laughs> It's fine. I love it. Okay, I, I want to talk about uh, Ry Cooter. Ooh, okay. Now, yeah, I, I love Ry Cooter. Do you really? Okay, I, I do. I have a, the utmost respect for him. Yeah, mainly because Keith stole stole open tunings from him. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, did he really? He was almost in the Stones. Ry Cooter was. Yeah, the, I'm he, trying to even think like, of what that would have been, ended yeah, up like. Oh, I bet it would have been a killer. It probably would have been amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Brian Jones died, and so and then Mick Taylor joined the band. Yeah. And I'm I'm happy with that because. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's just um, that that that's the era of the Stones when Mick's that's playing with your... him. That's that's what I feel is the best Stones music yeah. ever. Anyway, so but you know, Bob T. Drop. So this was uh, I think it was 1979. <laughs> his eighth album. Uh, it was recorded fully digitally and this was like a first for music to be recorded it's 79 just digitally. i know yes right? that's crazy that is crazy and you know it's pretty much a cover album you know r&b old rock and roll stuff yeah i mean have you listened to that yeah. record i mean i i, I love that record I, okay here's a, here's a, here's a couple things that i love about it number one 
is that Shaka Khan is on it. Well, I was going to say that was going to be, if it wasn't Keltner, it was going to be that Shaka Khan was on it. Um, because I love her so much. Mm-hmm. And the tunes, that, I mean, her singing on the, oh my God. It's great. It's so good. To, that record, I love it so much. Like, because it's Rye doing what Rye does vocally and guitar wise. And, but then it's also, he's got this, the, he's got Shaka Khan on it. The band is killing. And then he's got these you know, vocalists that, I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's, it's I it's, love it. It's, it's great. And his name is Ryland Peter. Ryland Peter. I think my dad told me that at some point. Um, my dad's the reason why I know of this record. So this is one of those that like. It's bringing you back to your dad. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, most of these are nostalgic, but some of them are like real nostalgic. And this is one of the ones that like my dad loves, love, Loved and loves Ry Cooter. And so this was one of those records that I always, rem- it was always playing in the house, you know, so okay. as a little kid. Right, right, right. I, so I was born in 78. So I grew up listening to this record. Like it was Got always it. playing in the house along with all kinds of other stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and that was why it made it really hard to pick a record because I was I, like, man, I love, I oh, it. little feet. I love little feet. Yeah. Oh my God, I love the band. Oh, Taj Mahal. And, but it's like hard to pick. It, it, or, you know, I, I, I'm telling I, I you something it. that you already I, know. <laughs> that, that, that I hear every day of my life. But this talk. record was one that, like, and I remember as a kid, I remember the cover because it's like it's yeah. oddly pink, you yeah. know. And he's standing there with the guitar, and it's like I always remembered it. And so now, as an adult, then I, I bought it on CD when I was in like high school. And I think my brother, my little brother, did the same thing. And then I ended up getting it on vinyl too, you know. So right. it was just yeah. like I always wanted it with me because it had that nostalgic thing buy it on cassette too yeah i knew i i didn't buy it on cassette (laughs) but now i kind of want to find man i got rid of all my cassettes except for like stuff that i had like demos and stuff that i had played on in bands or whatever but i think i got rid of all my cassettes because as you know we do i'm like i'm not gonna need these anymore and now i'm like damn it i've got a funny story for you concerning (laughs) cassettes so back when i was in college it was back in the little sister soul hat heyday One so that's how I yeah when I first saw Patrice and little I was like oh my god like Soul Hat that whole era like oh my god so I met this guy his name's Scott Terman do you know him by chance I don't think I do okay well he goes and sees Patrice religiously at the Saxon he's a good friend of mine and he's the best storyteller I've ever met in my entire <laughs> life um, so I was working with him and I said I. I he he had expressed you know hey I know Patrice and I said I said okay cool and so I found this like uh box of bootleg tapes that were primarily soul hat and widespread panic from college oh wow and so you know and i i used to i used to freak out on that stuff when i was <laughs> in college and uh but one of them was a little sister promo cassette no of everybody got the funk that's wild 1993 and do you still have that no i gave it to him and i said i want you to go show that to patrice she probably flipped out i'm and, and sure she, and, and tell her who gave it to you that's wild. He, he, he just didn't listen. I was like, oh, yeah, I know her. She used to come up to Boulder when I lived up there. And, yeah. And we'd go down the Fox Theater, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, yeah. he comes back. He says, she knows you. I was like, dude, did you not listen to me? <laughs> I tried to tell you. <laughs> but a promo cassette. A promo cassette. That was pre-Sister 7. Yes. Yeah. This wow. This is probably the Black Cat. So, oh, yeah. my God. But I remember uh, a Ry Cooter album that I really loved called I Flathead. Ooh, I haven't heard it. So it's... Um, it's 14 songs with a novella, like no a, a written a, a book that, that went along with it. And it was all about like uh, the drag racing culture of the 1960s. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Ooh, okay. I wonder if my dad, I don't want to ask my dad if he's heard of that. Yeah. Because he's such a fan. So that's so awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, and what is it on... Uh, Trouble can't fool me. I oh see my you hiding God. behind that tree. Yeah. Oh, and the bass, the bass in that. It's so good. The bass, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty incredible. Um, I love it. Yeah, I love it so much. Don't mess up a good thing with Shaka Khan. That, I wanna say duet. that's maybe my favorite tune on the on the record is Don't You Mess Up a Good Thing. Because the everything about the bass is doing that little kind of slapping pop thing, and then the drum, I mean, and then she's on there, like, oh my God, it's so good. It, I know. I, I agree. And, it, you know, another thing, like, when I told you he was he, he was one of the co- contestants to join the Stones, 
and uh, I think Keith vetoed him. And I think they got in, a, in like a, a, a battle. Really? Of, of, I think somebody said that, that Keith stole it because I think he learned Open G from him and, and decided to start using it. That's when like that <laughs> he takes off. That's when the Stones, in my opinion, That's took off. That's so you know? funny. But he played on Let It Bleed, Love It Vain. He uh, was on. Uh, he was the slide on Sister Morphine and Sticky Fingers. I believe. Okay. Yeah. 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 I could totally hear that. That's awesome. Yeah. Man, I had no idea. That's so great. That's cool. Yeah. That's that. I have a lot of admiration for for Ray Cooter. Oh, I'm he, so I'm glad. Yeah, definitely. He's you know, it's like I don't listen to a lot of his stuff, but I, yeah. I know what he did and what he accomplished. Yeah. And um, I just I have respect for that. Well, there's so many people. I mean, I I feel like maybe everybody's this way, but like I <clears throat> I consider myself to have a fairly, you know, broad and random eclectic Diverse, music yeah. taste, you know. And mm -hmm. so I was wondering once I narrowed down my five if it would sort of show within that. And I feel like it kind of does. It does, you know. It, it, no doubt it does. I mean, it's it's funny to me that 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 Bob T drop record ended up being on and I've convinced other people to buy it other friends go. of mine you know I always end up sharing something off of that record because there are people who are yeah. like what what is this I'm like just listen to this you know and I usually send that or Shut super random like that down yeah. in Hollywood song which has the little skit yeah, in the yeah, middle yeah, yeah, where yeah. he's playing all the character voices like it's as a kid I was like and of course now as an adult I'm like I can't believe my dad let me be like that <laughs> such a funny song in the but it's so great it's so great great i love it oh yeah so oh it's amazing all right well, let's i want to move on to the traveling wilburys because i'm really excited to talk about this Ooh, okay and you said you had i'm scared about this trivia because oh, i don't love even it. know you're gonna, love it. you're gonna love it it's gonna be great so um i just love the whole story behind this band it's so freaking great right so it's it's jeff lynn and george harrison From yellow yeah george harrison yeah and george harrison uh who did he play with i mean i feel I like it was like something uh, it started with a b i don't even that... remember <laughs> beastie boys <laughs> beastie boys <laughs> <laughs> oh yes uh no but jeff lynn wanted this is eight, 1988 yeah and volume one then they, then they released the second one and just the, the, this, this so kind of cool. thing the second one is called volume three just on purpose just to fuck with people yeah right? i love it you know, no volume two. Uh, and then, so they were, uh, I think it was that uh, Harrison wanted um, Bob Dylan and then Jeff Lynn wanted uh, Roy Orbison. Mm. Maybe it was the other way around. I don't know. Yeah. But they they kind of picked it and then Tom Petty kind of fell into the And then Petty the came in, yeah. Well, he, they were recording some song and he was there or something. I don't oh, remember how that happened. No, you're right. They were recording, oh my gosh, what was it? Um Oh, what was the song that they were recording? And then it became, it was one of those, it was kind of like the, because speaking of Ry Cooter, there was a Ry Cooter Little, Little Village band, mm. which was kind of a who's who. Okay, so yeah. it was like a similar, I feel like Ry Cooter had something to do with that Traveling Wilburys record also. Like, we'll have to, I should, yeah, we should. We like, should. I, I want to see this this documentary. It's, I think it's called The, the True History of, uh, the Traveling Wilburys. Oh, I have to see it. I haven't I, seen I, it. I, I looked for it. I looked. I, I I couldn't find it. I need to go online and see if I can find it, like on YouTube or something. I love. I just love all of the people that ended up in that band because it's like to, it's almost like an unfair choice for a record. You know what I mean? Because it's like you're getting the best of. It's a super group. Yeah, I mean, but it's still a fully. It's not like it's a. You know, it's a a best of record, but it is. It's like man. How can you go? There's not one song on that record that's like. Yeah. I would listen to it the other day. I was like, "Oh so my, good. oh my god!" I mean, ah. Roy Orbison's falsetto. I mean, <laughs> oh his uh, vibrato. God. I'm just like, it's like, how does he do that? It's incredible. Um, Super so, group. Okay, yes. Do you know how they got their name? This is here's, here's quiz question number one about the trap. I don't, but I, I mean, I know that they all have like all that they all kind of are these personas they are the Wilburys right like yeah. Otis and mm -hmm. they, they all have different names and it, they all end in Wilbury for the band right Correct. so but I don't know how they came up with that okay so when they were recording at Cloud, Cloud 9 with mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Lynn mm -hmm. Harrison said about the faulty recording areas errors he said we'll bury them <gasps> Wilburys we'll <bury> <laughs> no way Wilburys yeah <laughs> that's how they came up with the name yeah that's great. Isn't that awesome? We'll bury him. Okay, so let's jump into the quiz. <laughs> you ready for the quiz now? Here's the full-blown quiz for okay. the Traveling Wilburys. Okay. As we've talked about, they've all got different names. Yeah. 
Oh, God. Oh, Who man. was Nelson Wilberry? Oh, man. Gosh. I'm going to go with Jeff Lynn. <laughs> no, you're wrong. It was George Harrison, Dang. the leader of the band. The leader of the band. And I need to get Dang, that. As a, you should a get that. I was going to say. That's what, uh, just FYI, guys, I have this new Zoom <laughs> at Live Track L8, and I've got these sound pads so I can use these sounds. It's great. Um, all right. Who in the band was uh, Otis mm. Wilberry? I'm going to go with. Roy Orbison. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Lynn. Oh, see, God, see, I mean, there's you got what five choices here, yeah. So now you're really now you got a thirty three percent chance. Really not crushing it on my traveling Wilburys trivia. Lefty Wilberry. Tom Petty. I'm not going to use the button again. You're wrong. Wrong. Dang it. Roy Roy Orbison. Orbison. I know. I was going to. Yes. See. Who is Charlie T. Wilberry? <laughs> You're down to fifty percent. You got you got it this time. Let's go with Tom Petty. Ding 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 ding. ding, ding, ding. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I would get those buttons. Congratulations, congratulations. <laughs> I had to write them down here. Um, and then last but not least, who was Lucky Wilberry? God, who now I can't even remember. I've guessed it wrong so many times. Um uh we already did hey, that. Oh, yeah. Bob, of course, go. Bob. Bob Dylan. You're correct. Super group. All right. So the super group. I know. I know. So good. Uh, but they did get a Grammy. Um, they recorded it originally at Dave Stewart from the Eurythmics house. I did not know that. And then they took it back. It was all like acoustic guitars, and they would sit around. Uh, and they took it back to England after that. And they would they would like sit around. They they would do. They did like what is it? Twelve, ten songs. Yeah. How many songs is it? I forget. On that on that yeah, album. Yeah. And then yeah. they basically. In like 14 days or something like that. And then they took it back to England and, and added all the, all the other stuff. It's so good. It really is. It, I just, and I love how they're, how they do vocals. Like, you know, they, they're switching vocals and, and it, it's, well, they it's just brilliant. Well, they each take a lead, yep. you know, and, and their voices are so incredibly different. Mm-hmm. And so every song musically it has the same vibe, right? But then there's this voice that's a standout because you know Petty's Petty and Dylan's Dylan and yeah. Roy Orbison is unmistakably Roy Orbison. I mean, there's just they all sound so different when they're singing lead, but the song still has this like cohesive group feel. And then yeah, when they're doing when they're each taking a verse in a song, it's so cool. It's yeah. so cool. Uh, that was that's another one that like is super nostalgic for me because my dad had it and then right. I bought it on vinyl. It had you to, know? had to. Yeah. yeah. I like, so I have a, I have like a, like, like we have top five records here, you know, I like to do these, these top five, whatever. But I always say like top three vocals that you hear them sing one word. Oh my God. Like my top two of that are Willie Nelson and Mick Jagger. I was going to say probably Tom Petty. Tom Petty could be one of them. Roy Bob Orbison. Dylan, Roy Orbison. For me, David Bowie. Like, God. So he couldn't wow. be for me. Really? I, yeah, he, he, <laughs> it's not just like one word that he says that, you know. Yeah, 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 you yeah. You hear Willie Nelson sing uh, you know two words, you know exactly who it is. It's true. That's, that's a good one. You're going to have multiple, like, different. You can uh, also do guitar licks too, or, or guitars. That would be hard for me. But Willie wins both <clears throat> of those because, yeah, I mean, he has the most unique guitar style. Ever. Yeah, no, he does. You're right. You're right. And you didn't pick Keith for what? for that for for the guitar for the you didn't pick uh, Keith N- Richards for that. Uh, I wish I could, but uh, I mean, anybody can do that. Oh, that's I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. not every nobody goes out and plays guitar like Willie. Nobody, I mean, that's I, true. I, I can't, I don't because it's a feel else. thing, it's not just a tone thing. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's a sound, Interesting. you know, it's everything, man. All but these things <clears throat> they, they said that it was like, um, you know, that the recording when they did it, it was it was like super laid back, they would get there like noon and they would sit around with the guitars and just like just play they they drink coffee and then they'd start playing and they would they find something they like and then you know um you know not like today yeah at, at least oh, for me no. because yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the things that they said was that they I want more mistakes in recording like yeah. you know mistakey recordings 
That's and, what they said? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they wouldn't, I mean, they would have found Nashville to be a very interesting place, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, you know, but I, I just think it's, I think it's so cool that like, you know, like Dylan and Petty had not had, or, I mean, some, hadn't had su- success, yeah. financial success on any of their like previous albums and all of a sudden, boom, this comes out. It's and then, crazy. And it just launches their careers again. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's a great record. It, I, it brought me much joy to listen to it. Um, and I listened to it a couple times all the way through, and I was like, man. You know what I forgot to ask you, Harmony? What's that? Oh, You've yep. got your five records. Where yes. are you taking these records? <laughs> I, you, we did. We talked about it a second ago, and I, I realized I hadn't thought of it, and then we we didn't talk did about it. Did you come it. up with something? I did. I did. I'm taking mine to the roller rink. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, again, with the nostalgia thing, like my, so my, what's one of my favorite it. places, and I actually want to, I want to start rolling. It's all the rage. Have you been on Instagram lately? Because if you start going down the wormhole of searches, then they send you, they know what you're like searching for. And so apparently I search for tattoos, hairstyles, and <laughs> roller skating people. And so now when I log into Instagram, they're like, here's some videos that might interest you. And 75% of them are people roller skating. So, uh, but yeah, I used to go to the roller rink with my mom all the time. And uh, I, yeah, so it's a, it's a very happy place for me. And I, there's nothing more soothing and fun than like going around in circles on a roller rink, listening to like awesome Disco. music. Yes. Or anything really. Celebrate good times. Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm in. I'll do it. All right. Okay. I got. We got to talk about Purple Rain. Okay. I, oh, that's I mean, one that I would totally listen to at the Roller Rink. Oh, I mean, yeah. you're kidding I mean, me. This album is. I know it's so come up. Epic. You said it had come up. A Actually, couple I times, lied. Right? You did. I lied. Um, because AJ Vallejo loves Prince, and I thought he had picked Purple Rain, but he picked. Prince's singles and hits. I was like, dude, you can't do that. I was gonna say, didn't we talk about the fact that you can't? Because I have, I had the I, double disc Prince like hits, and there's some. Oh my there, there god, is, there's some good you know, stuff. That's, but, but, that, but that's well, your whole point, well, right? My point is, is that this is about the record, the album as a whole. Yes, yeah. the story it tells. What happens? Why did the? Why did? How did this influence you? Either in yeah. your musical prowess, or does it make you remember a specific time in your life? Yeah. Whatever it is, I just love to hear those stories from people that say. This music I re- remember in high school, uh, driving to the prom because uh, the dude was a dick or something. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. But um, so this album, yeah, is I mean, not only is it a killer album. How has no one picked this? Uh, you know what? I, I'm gonna go back and look. I think somebody might have. God. But I, I have I have it all over here on my computer. But I need to go. <laughs> I'll go look at it after we get done. <laughs> But there's also, you know, the movie that goes along with it. Well, you know? that's and that's the funny thing. And I I I love this record. So I love Prince. Uh, to me, Prince and Bowie are kind of like up there with my two favorites, like my heroes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gotten to see both of them, which is amazing. Yes, please. Thank you. He's pouring me some Espelone. Um, but I so I saw Prince back in, oh, God, I don't know, 90 three at the Irwin center. Okay. I've never seen someone change so many change costumes so many times and just like reappear and play different instruments and just can be amazing throughout the entire show. And then I saw Bowie at the backyard. Um, I don't even know at 15, 17 years ago or something. Incredible. Both nice. obviously. So backyard, that was such a killer. Oh venue. my God. Such a killer venue. Amazing. But I thought about that, like, I love Prince, and I I got to play, when I was on tour with Bob Schneider, we played at First Ave, um, which to me okay. was, like, so epic, because mm-hmm. that's where they filmed so much of that movie, you right, know, right, right. At First Avenue, and um, then I've recently, on tour, playing in um, Minneapolis, we got to go tour, after right after he died, we got mm-hmm. to go tour his, you know, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that, the, the, his whole estate recording studio uh-huh. area um but that record i love that movie you know and i yeah. kind of forgot i realized as i was choosing that as a record because i love all those songs that i kind of forgot i don't know why but like it doesn't seem like a movie soundtrack to me it doesn't because there was a part of me that was like much like the greatest hits album i was like can i pick a movie soundtrack and i was like is this a sound like it is but it almost isn't like they right. all like to me all of those songs 
stand out and that's an album you know that's a whole record but I also love again I have memories of working at I Love Video and putting Purple Rain on Mm -hmm. because the movie was great and the music was great and just sitting there and being like I I love this it's I, I love it I love how um like on Darling Nikki, those Darling Nikki is the the, the risque and, and Tipper Gore was like Tipper no. Gore, <laughs> Tipper Gore was like we need to put a sticker on the front of these records because that's not going to fly. And, and I think it started with that, right? Like uh, that was one was that one of the first. Oh, maybe or, I don't know that. I don't know that. Um, uh, I do know that she wasn't in, having it though. In 1996, it had sold. It was 13 times platinum. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, I believe it's it though because it's so good. Grammy best vocal duo or group and best score. I'm trying to think. I was thinking today, like what my favorite song off of that record is, and I honestly think it's. I love the beautiful ones. Like I love the beautiful ones, and I also love "I Would Die for You." I remember in high school, oh. I remember in high school, okay, get this, that the cheerleaders, would, they did a dance to that, like, for the, like, I would the die for rally. you? Yeah. Are you serious? I would die for oh you. Oh, <laughs> they, they had this whole, like, routine. It was awesome. With the hands. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It was like, God. I would uh, die for you, or something like I forget what it was, but I just totally remember that. Like, that and Jungle Love, those are the two songs I remember That's so doing. great. Oh, my but God. But this also got put into the Library of Congress National Recording Registry um, for sound recordings that are culturally and historically or aesthetically important. Uh, it's all of those I things. Agree. I, I think. totally agree. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's a perfect album to put in there. Yeah. Well, I feel like it was like, because you said, what was this, his, how many records? Had, I mean, he'd done records before this. This was his sixth studio album. But this was the one that was like more complex than anything he had done before. And it was more of a band. Like it was more of a band creation. Yeah, a lot you of know? it was. A yeah, like was. they were writing a bunch of stuff in the studio together and mm-hmm. w- during rehearsal and all that. So, um, yeah, I feel like they were they were good at sharing ideas together. Okay, so a little background on Purple Rain, the song. Did you know that it was originally written as a yes. country song? Yes, I did. Did you know? Yes, you, I did. Do you, I, th- yes, I do. <laughs> Good job, Harmony. I'm going to go. Thank you. I'm going with, it. this was supposed to be, which is what I love, because I'm trying to like listen to it as a country song, and it, I, I can't, I'm having trouble with it, because it was supposed to be like, a collaboration with Stevie Nicks. Correct. All ding, ding, ding. See, I need a love. ding, ding, ding on, on my soundpad too. Oh, I'm just answering the questions before yeah, I know you, you even are. have a chance. To, but I love Stevie Nicks so much. And like, I love that that's a component to that record. Because yeah. I'm like trying to picture like, in my mind, what would it have sounded like? Right. If she would have, yeah. you know, because she was like, I can't. She, I, she was totally overwhelmed I can't overwhelmed handle it, it. She was right? totally overwhelmed, yeah. And who said, like, who says no to Prince? Apparently Stevie uh, Nicks Stevie does. Nicks, yeah. She's like, I can't do this right now. I'm doing too much blow. But, no, I don't know if that's true. But Probably. she was like, I can't do it. But what would it have sounded like if it would have been a country song and, and Stevie Nicks would have, like, written it? Or sang, sang it. You know, like, what would that have? Yeah. I mean, it could have been amazing. Uh, it, I, I'm sure it would have been. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I love the way it is. And, you know, you hear people, you hear Dwight Yoakam cover it. and I don't think I've heard Dwight... <clears throat> cover it so i'm gonna have to go listen to his his version yeah it's it, he does a version of purple rain yeah he does and is it like his western swing yep. honky tonk kind of yeah purple yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah oh i'm got i'm listening to it on the way home you should but i mean just the prince himself <laughs> i mean it's just a, a musical instrument savant i mean He's that guy yeah. is like nuts yeah I, I mean and all his his Rouchy like screams, ow! You know, I mean, it, I, I, it, it's just like it just gives me chills when he does that. Yeah, yeah. Did you have you? Did you get a chance to see him live? No. Oh my god. I never did. Man, and I don't. I, I never. I never gained appreciation for him until after he died. Yeah, yeah. Man, which kind of sucks, you know. I, I, I feel fortunate that I saw him, and I was. I mean, I was like in high school, but like when I saw him at the Irwin Center, I was a fan, you know, but I didn't really know why. I just knew that I loved the music, you know, because it moved me, right? And I think it moved everybody. And so, but I didn't, until I became a musician myself, I didn't 
really appreciate him as an artist, you know? And then I was like, oh my God, this guy, like, he's got a voice like nobody else. Right. He, he's an amazing writer. He's an amazing band leader, which is a thing that people don't often appreciate. Like, you know, he, he can go out and command an audience. He's a, he can play guitar. He can play bass. He can like, I mean, there's certain songs that he does everything on. It's amazing to me. So I was listening to, uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I do. I mean, that's not is the it I have research one. or is it? Have no, you always it, listened to podcasts? Uh, I, I, in the past four or five years, I started listening to them a lot. Yeah, and I started talking about doing one for like a year, and then I finally said, "Gonna quit talking shit and you know step up to the plate and do Now's it." Now's the time. Yeah. So then I started. I started the beginning of this year, and I've only I do it every other week. I've only missed like that's so once awesome. Or twice. So you started this pre-COVID, barely. Barely. Yeah. I started to be, I actually started recording them last year. What great timing. Yeah, it is. But in I, a way. But the thing is, though, is that I want this interaction right yeah, here, this yeah, live yeah, interaction. Yeah. Um, but so I, ha- I do have something, uh, uh, something that was out of Billboard. Ooh. And you're gonna love this quote. <laughs> in 1984, there was only one man in America with more power than President Ronald Reagan. His name was Prince, and he was funky. Had Prince run for president that year, he'd carried Minnesota, the only state Ronnie lost, and he'd probably cleaned up most other places. The reason? Purple Rain. His groundbreaking, genre-blurring, utterly genius sixth album, it was a massive seller wherever there were radios and people with pulses. Wow. Billboard. That's a billboard. Much, I just was to look, say, look, I've, look. I've got goosebumps. <laughs> like I almost got like teary eyed. I know, right? That's I uh, love that quote. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Like I, it's funny. I was just thinking now as you were saying that. Like, do you think that the? I mean, I think the answer is yes. But do you think that that record would have been as successful as it was had it not been also a movie, an ama- a great movie, like that? he was in and you could see his face and see him sing and there was the band component of the movie and and i love the end of the movie i do too i do too so i don't i don't know what the answer is like if there was no purple rain movie and there was just purple rain the album would it have been as successful you know i don't know because that movie was such a hit yeah it was so okay real quick do you know what purple rain means oh no. When you look into the sky, there's reds and there's blues. Mm-hmm. And when it rains, you combine those, it's purple. Stop. Is that where he got yep. the... Are you serious? It says uh, something else to do with love. I just assumed it was Prince, the whole purple, because he loves purple and everything's purple. And maybe, maybe that's... But you're right. I never thought about that. You can always explain something later how you want to. I like that. <laughs> no kidding. Right? You, I mean, you can look back and say, oh, well, hey, oh, this is why I did this. Yeah. You know? That's, a, that's the total Bob Dylan thing right there. <laughs> a little after the fact explanation. It's fine. That's great. I know that makes so much sense. You're learning a lot today. I know I am. And I'm, in fact, all of this is making me, <clears throat> that makes me want to go back and actually watch Purple Rain again. I, I need to. I because want to as well. Because I, lo- I loved that movie. So I mean, and it wasn't, like, that's the thing. When you go back and watch it, like, acting-wise, I mean, it's not great. But I Apollonia told Prince, she said, um, what did she say? She said, you know, you're going to win a Grammy for this. And he's like, did she really? For the album. He's like, no, for the score, for the movie. Yeah. And that's what he won, he won that for. So that's amazing. Boy, did he. It's yeah. great. I want to go back and watch it again. Okay. Now, mm. we have another quiz coming up here, Harmony. Ooh, okay. Uh, okay. Not, not on Prince. Not on Prince. I feel like, can I just take a moment and say that I feel like. I'm approaching these records in the same way as I do um, being a musician. And I'll explain that. Be- uh, but please do. This is yeah. awesome. This is the exact no, stuff I want to hear. Well, because in my mind, like I was, I'm a little bit nervous coming in, you know, just doing any interview really. But like when I get interviewed for any, any gear related thing, like Ampeg or Fender, or I got to do a thing or I got to go in and talk in front of these people or do a Facebook live or an Instagram. Like to me, I'm like, I'm a bass player, right? Mm-hmm. I love what I do. I love that I play bass. I love that I'm a killer I've, at it. I'm all, I've only played bass, right? I, it's not like I played piano when I was eight and then picked up guitar and then moved to cello. And like, I started playing bass when I was 17 years old. 
Um, and so I'm not like a big gearhead. I don't take amps apart. I don't, you know, I don't have like a, a huge pedal board where I know yep. what all that, like, I just, I know what I like to hear. I know what my ears want yeah. my bass to sound like, and I know how to achieve that with my fingers or a pick or the strings or the pickups and my amp. But other than that, I don't get too crazy. And I'm thinking about that as we're talking about these records because I'm not like I know so many, so many of my friends and like colleagues and other musicians that like dig the fuck in on records and they know who produced this yes, and yeah. who played on this track and what drummer. And, and I know a lot of that. Like I mentioned Jim Keltner because yeah. I love Jim Keltner mm-hmm. and he oddly enough played on two of the records that I chose. Okay. So I must be a Keltner fan. <laughs> Clearly. You're welcome, Jim. <laughs> um, but other than that, like I don't. I know what I like to hear, right? And I know that certain albums make me feel a certain way. But I don't necessarily know, like, what producer... I know that Tony Visconti did the Young Americans record with David Bowie. But, like, I don't dig too much into that kind of stuff. I just know what I like to hear. And I know how it makes me feel. And I remember where I was in that moment when I listened to that record or that my dad used to play it when I was like, you know, 12 years old or 15 years old or that I used to roller skate and listen to that song from that record or that that's why I played bass because of that person on that record. You know, it's like those are the the things. Those that's what brought me to these five records. So I love (laughs) that you said that. That is so awesome because that's that that is the essence of this podcast. Oh good. Okay. It really is. Is it? I feel like it is. I want to hear why you picked these records okay. and you just told me i did i did i did i really did a, I, i've never heard anybody say i, I picked these <laughs> records because it's the way i'm a, as a musician yeah and that's that's just epic that's fucking awesome yeah okay good that's I great mean, that's awesome I, i'm so glad you said well that. i was sitting here going you know because this is what i do i'm like i can be self-deprecating as we all probably can as musicians and maybe humans but like maybe i'm not bringing enough to the table about like my in-depth knowledge of all of the players on all these records and then i'm who, like you know what i chose these five records for a specific reason which is what you which yes, is what you I had just, asked I, for I, right? I want to hear what you have to th- yeah. say about them that's all i want to yeah. do it, it, it perfect and it boils down to that yes it these, does these five records meant something to me or made me feel a certain way or take me back to a time and it, the album as a whole brings me joy and in some ways it's probably all of them or the culmination of why I do what I do today. Yes. You know, so, yeah. I dig it. That's <laughs> I, that's awesome. Harmony, that's so fucking killer. I'm, I'm glad that you said all that stuff. Uh, all right, let's talk about GNR. Well, speaking of why I do what I do, yeah. Duff. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that I said that right before we were yeah. going to talk about this last record. Uh, so well, I, I texted you and I said, okay, I'll save GNR for Dude. last. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. This is like, I talk about Were a you debut going album. In, um, I kind of wanted to ask about your, your order. Were you going in chronological no. order? Okay. No. Okay. I just, I picked one and then. I like it. I, I sit there and I, and I, I, I listen to it and I, and I research while I'm listening to it. And then I go, I might go listen to it again if I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Um, but I saved this one for last because I know it rocks. Well, surely, I mean. I, I, maybe I'm biased, but I'm like, how this has to come up on someone else. It, not that it matters, but it like, has. it's just, it's come up on, I know one. Yeah. I know one. It was, uh, but I mean, it's like, I mean, I, granted, I remember this in, <laughs> in high school in like 1989. Yeah. And just, I mean, like, being blown away, you know, and, and all the hits, you know, yeah. of course, well, that's what I remember. That's the thing. It's as a whole, it's epic. It, right? It's so good. And I mean, I, I didn't, I never really appreciated slashes. I always just thought, you know, yeah, he's not really that good. And then I got Incredible. to see him. I got to see him in San Antonio, like four years ago or something. And I was like, Oh, okay. I get it. I now. get it. I now. get it now. I, I truly get it. Dude. Now. Yeah. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. Quiz time. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember? Do you remember the the cover of this album? Yes, yes, I do because. Can you describe it to me, please? Yeah, well, uh, I just it's a cross with their heads on. Oh, you want that cover? Yeah, that's not the, cov- the original no, cover. I'm talking about the, the, the yes. cover. Yes. Okay. So now, oh shit! Here we go. You ready for this? Who's where? That's right. Shit. Okay. 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 Um, who's on the top? Izzy Stradlin. Ding, ding, ding! Yes, good. I want to say on the left. 
Hang on. I want to. I feel like. Oh, God. Is Duff Steven over there? I know Slash is at the bottom. Correct. I'm, I'm picturing it in my mind because I've seen it a million so times. So now you've got the, the. I've got three across. Okay. Who's in the center? That's easy. I'm going to go with Axel. Ding, ding. And then I'm going to go with. Oh, my God. If I get this wrong, I'm shamed. <laughs> I can't. Well, that's the problem is that Stephen Adler and Duff both have blonde hair. And so I'm looking at the skulls in my mind. I'm uh -huh. like, one's on the left, one's on the right. Shit. I feel like Duff's on the left and Stephen Adler's on the right. Almost. Oh! Almost. You got them wrong. Good. Got that wrong. But th Dang it. That was good. You were Thank three you. for five. Thank you. That was awesome. I thought you were going to ask me about the original cover that got banned because Geffen said, nope, no, that's sorry. a little bit too wrong. You can't. <laughs> I love how, I love how, the, how when they did the, the vinyl that they had a G and an R side, yes, not an A not and B an side. Guns a, and Roses. And so basically the G was all like, Guns, drugs, and hard life in yes. the big city, and then the, then the R was like the the love and the, the sex love. and the relationship. Yeah, I mean they thought about this. I know, I know. Like and, how and, bad? And even more, is they that? released it in like what was it, eighty eight or eighty seven, and then didn't debut hit it. freaking record, dude. Did, but didn't hit for like a year later. I know, I know. Isn't that crazy? It's nuts. It's nuts. Well, they were in this whole like they were crushing it in that L A scene, you know, yeah. and so then at some point they were like, all right, we gotta. We got to make a record, but then I think they put something out, like a little EP, as like yeah. a teaser. Not mm -hmm. even a teaser, but just like, hey, we'll be back. Don't forget about us. And then they released this like EP while they were in the studio recording Appetite because they right. they were on such a high, you mm -hmm. know? They were just like killing it in that L.A. rock scene, you know? And Oh, there was, what was that? Um, there was one part um, when... Uh, what is it? Uh, oh well. Um, so there was. A, I love the story about when uh, Slash was so frustrated at one point that he took his his SG and just threw it to the, the a van window <laughs> out of frustration. I mean, it happens, right? You know, like. Uh, there's another story that I that I that I read about this album, which I thought was hilarious, was that they went to NYC to find uh, a producer, and he showed up with a fractured arm. Slash did. Oh. And it was because uh, he was having sex with a girl and he was hitting the floor to try to stop a record from skipping. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, he, like it was bugging him so yeah, much we, that we, he could, That's great. <laughs> fractured his arm. <laughs> that's, that's an incredible story. I know. I love that story. It's so good. Oh, surely that's true. It's got to be. I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> I mean, these guys were sex, drugs, and rock and roll for they sure. They were, no doubt. And what's funny is that, like, now, like... I mean, because I'm a I'm a Duff fan. Duff is so Duff is the reason why. Well, one of the reasons. I don't want to give it all to him because I've, I've I do truly believe that the way that I grew up with records playing in the house and my dad being a musician, like I, I my trajectory was toward being a musician. But yeah. you know, at some point, I saw Duff. Um, you know, we we were obsessed with Guns and Roses and Metallica, but like really Guns and Roses. So I had all their posters on the wall and. I was like, I want to be that guy, you know? And of course, now I look back on it. I was like 15 years old, like idolizing these dudes who were like, yeah, you know, couldn't get enough sex, drugs, and rock yeah. and roll. And I had no, I was just like, I saw the, the, like the magic of what they were doing as rock stars. Right. And I was like, that's what I want to do, you know? I love um, that. That's but, so great. Yeah. And so, but now it's funny, like, how did they all survive? You know what I mean? Like, how are they literally, I mean, Steven Adler, it's questionable, yep. but, but like Duff has been sober for 20 something years. Mm -hmm. He's written books. He like, there's a part of me that I'm like, released you, a solo country album. Yeah. Like he does all this stuff. And then he's like, he, there was even something that he said recently when I was like, Oh my God, you are my spirit animal. <laughs> he like, didn't he just took bass lessons when he was like in his 40s or something like he'd never he didn't really know a ton of theory and he was like i should probably take some like bass lessons to learn things that i don't know and i was like 
That's me. I love you. I love you. That's, that's me. I, we come from the same place. Uh, but yeah, Key's sober. I think Slash is sober. You know, like they've all, they yeah. all came out on the other end and they're still kicking ass and they're still fucking touring. Uh, yeah, I know that. I saw them in Axel's Minneapolis. Getting, getting a little heavy. Like he's, he's getting, you know, like he's, he's, but he's eating well. <laughs> but he's just eating well. Uh, okay. But they rocked, man. I they, saw them like in do. Minneapolis, yeah. like I don't even know, two, three years ago or something. And I was like, okay, y'all are still doing it. Um, the solo on Paradise City. <laughs> I mean, okay. Do you know what Slash originally wanted that song to be to say? Where the girls are fat and they've got big titties. <laughs> <laughs> But that got nixed. <laughs> I mean, where the grass is green and the grass. I mean, yeah. like, I, I like that, but I could see why he would want the other line yeah. to be I there, mean, actually. Okay. Like, that's so funny. I'll, I'll tell you what my friend Ben Morton, who knows Scranton, uh, says late after the record. Oh, yes, here. please. Please tell me. What about, like, this is one of the, I mean, all of these records, I just, like, I would push play. And they would start, and I would smile. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, they all are so strategically planned to me. And maybe yeah. they weren't trying to be, but, like, the whole album flows. But this one, like, the way that that starts with his, like, that crunchy. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, I was like, oh, shit. Tur I'm turning it up. And that's immediately, that's what everybody wanted to do. As soon as you heard that, you like. But, and that's the, that's the goal. That's, that, that, that's, that's got to be the their goal. goal. Yeah. Because you know? you're, not, you're not listening to that for 10 seconds going, man, I'm bored with this. You're yeah, going, what, what the, the fuck, fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, no, like that's the, that's the whole point on, on like the rock side of my record. I want them to immediately go. Yeah, exactly. I, I hear it and I want more of it in my ears. I love it. I love it. It's so good. Okay, so um, what else do you have to say about GNR? Because these guys are just—I I mean, Man. their follow-up album, "Lose Your Illusion." Well, that's the 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 thing. It was like it was hard for me because I love I love them, and as a band, who well, okay, here's the funny thing. There's so many funny things, Gunter. <laughs> like I consider Duff to be one of the you know Heroes. the reason that I play bass, right? That's. Which is a big I, deal. I, that, that's a huge deal. That's, and but, I love hearing that. But people ask me, because like if you hear me play bass, I don't play like anything. A, like, I, I, mean, I don't, I don't, re, I mean, I you do. don't play with a pick. I don't play with a pick. I do when it's necessary, but like, I don't, I don't use a chorus. Like, I don't, I don't do any of the things that he does. But I think it was more about, so I think there's like a confusion about like, how is Duff your hero when you don't, like, you're not play emulating like a, him at all. But it's more of like, when I was 17 years old. Right. Like, I loved that band so much, and my friend Robin and I in high school, it was that quintessence. She loved Axel, and I loved Duff, and we loved Guns N' Roses, and we had posters everywhere, and we would draw roses and skulls and all this stuff, and we are like, oh, my God. And she was like, we should start a band, and I'll play guitar, <laughs> and you could play Duff, uh, play bass because you love Duff. And uh, I was like, yeah, obviously. And so she got a guitar, and I got a bass, and we never started a band. But for some, but I do remember one Halloween that year. We she went as Axel and I went as Duff, and we we had like a a, a Jim Beam bottle, like an empty bottle, and we filled it with tea there because you go. we were like you know sixteen or seventeen years old at the time. And we showed up at a Halloween party, and people were like, "What the fuck?" It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's right, we're Axel and Duff. But I like that. I think I was just so enamored with him as a performer, and I was like, I want to, I want to do. Like, I had a crush on him, but it was like, I want to do that, right? You know, I want to do, I want to like embody this, like, fuck yeah. So like, was it like a? Was it like, a, like? So here you are. You're like, you're looking up to him. You're like, dude, he is so awesome. He's yeah. hot. Yeah, everything about everything. Him. I, I just, I want, I want to be like him. I want to play the bass, mm -hmm. and that's kind of what said, hey, I'm gonna start playing the bass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, and the that, funny thing is, it's as simple as that, and like, there's not really like some crazy story about. Yeah, it's just that. It's just I, I, I loved him, and I love Nikki Six too, you know. But I really, I was really 
big deaf McKagan fan, you know? I mean, that's, that was the catalyst, right? It didn't even have to be about style or the way that he played. It was like he, I looked at him and went, I want to play bass. And I got a bass. And then I proceeded to do something completely different different, with it, you know? And, but here I am, you know, 20 something years later and I'm still playing bass. Yeah. And we're kicking ass at it too. The funny thing is, let's talk about that a little bit. So you've got this, you've got this (laughs) inspiration and love for Duff. And now we're kind of peers, which is, is kind of weird, you know? Uh, Exactly. So you went on to play with Bob Snyder and then with fastball and then now you're playing stadiums with Kenny Chesney. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally like Guns N' Roses. It's kind of (laughs) crazy. Like it's, I know. Yeah. That's the funny thing. It's like, wait, what? Exactly. Right. I I got to meet him recently um, of all like of, at all places like backstage at a Billy Joel show like really? yeah okay. this was in LA it was at the Rose Bowl I think it was at the Rose Bowl um, and Axel was coming up to like sit in on a song and sing like I can't remember what he was singing but he was coming in to sing and somebody told me like I knew the crew and I know the band really well mm-hmm. and they were like uh, my friend Cooper was like, hey, um, Duff's backstage. And I was like, yeah, sure, fuck yes. you, asshole. And yeah. he was like, no, listen, um, I know that this is a big deal, but like, I'm serious. And I was like, I looked at him and the, the look in his eyes was sheer like importance. Yeah. And I was like, what? And he was like, he's on stage with his wife. I just want to let you know. And I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And I had a backstage pass. And I was like, he was like, just come with me, come with me. And so I went backstage, I got on stage and then like, he was like, just stand over here. They're right over there. And I like looked over and I saw him and I started bawling. (laughs) (laughs) This was like three years ago and I'm an adult on stage and a Billy Joel concert where I know everyone. I'm like, I know the band, I know the crew. And I'm like, (gasps) (laughs) like I I immediately transported back to being like 17 17, years old. And I was like, oh my God, that's my idol. When you you went up and talked to him, did you go, hi, duh. He was, yes. And he was, like the nicest human being and and they didn't you know it was like they were getting escorted off into a car and so I didn't want to be that person but I was also like how can I like I didn't want to be like hey I I play similar size venues as you yeah. and it's really great to meet you you know so it's like that what did whole, you say to him? I, I was like man listen I said I know y'all are leaving I said I'm I'm my name's Harmony and i play bass for Kenny Chesney and I'm a huge fan and you are the reason why I play bass and he and Susan his wife was like oh like she got all like like it was super sweet you know we just had a moment well, and like then, I don't know what I would say to Keith Richards if, dude, I, if I met him I, that's the thing I would like had a moment of like I might faint like I don't know what you, to you, say you don't to know you, you know you, you want to be cool but you don't want to <laughs> yeah, be too cool totally, you know, right but totally. you, you want to let them know how you feel yeah you know you got to say hey listen I, you know and, and hopefully if they're like, like if I went up to Keith Richards and said, hey, listen, I want you to know that you personally have formed the way that I look at music. Yeah. And the way that I write music. You altered my if trajectory. He, if he was to be like, go away, I would go, that's right. Don't meet your heroes. You never want to meet your heroes for that reason. I'm so fortunate that he was so gracious. That's and such a great story. Oh, my I God. Love it. I love it. He and his wife were so so sweet and they didn't have I mean it wasn't like we had a long conversation and my friends Cooper was like did you get a picture and I'm like no oh. he was like no one's gonna believe yeah. you <laughs> I'm like Shit. Yeah, I think you're making it up too oh, all right so tell me God. Harmony where can people find you on the good old interweb man I have a website uh harmonykelly.com and that's and then, spelt with an I it, and an listen, E-Y. Yeah, let me point that out because it's so often, I mean, Starbucks loves to put it with a Y and that's fine, um, but it's H-A-R-M-O-N-I dot K-E-L-L-E-Y. E-Y. Yes, harmonykelly.com or I'm on Instagram at harmonykelly. I think I'm on Facebook at the, at, the, at the same yeah yeah no that's a good idea to be I'm, I'm, I'm all over the I'm all over And the so place. you're playing, uh, when are you going to start playing with Kenny, Kenny again? Well, I don't know. That's the thing. Like, so I was in Nashville rehearsing when, when COVID happened and our whole tour got canceled. I was supposed to be on a huge summer tour ending in the end of August at Foxborough Gillette Stadium where the Patriots play right. in August and that none of that happened. So um, now we're, it's, it's like a waiting game at yeah. this point, you know? Yeah, and I listened to uh, Johnny Gowdy's podcast. How did I get here? If you guys want to go listen to her episode on that, it, she talks a lot about the, the Kenny Chesney tour and stuff like that. Um, 
but yeah, so I mean, this was this was really fun. I hope you had a good time. Doing oh my this. god, I had so much fun. I, it really fun. See, fun. So bring grandma; she'll have a blast. Bring grandma; she'll have a blast. <laughs> and listen, I I brought grandma, and she had a blast. That's uh, right. Oh. I call I call myself grandma sometimes, but I'm not really. Oh. Um, but it was super fun. No, this is great. It made me think about music in a whole new way and these records and go back and sort of dig through my childhood and be nostalgic for it's, it's really great it's when, awesome when, when, when what i call you is a podcastee that's the word i made up oh i like that podcastee so you're the person that i'm podcast I'm, I'm interviewing or whatever you want to call it but yeah you know so it's just like I, I love it when and it happens practically every time when people come in here, like some people, Patrice came in here with like a fucking folder full of notes. She did? Yeah. I thought about doing that, but I was like, nah, I want to pretend like I know everything. Everything. Yeah, yeah, too I cool for school. I didn't. That's why I busted anyway. myself in the middle. And I was like, look, here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to break this down before you get her. Oh, shit. Right on. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad you did this. So thanks a lot for coming over. Oh, and my doing God. This. this is awesome. Thanks and, oh, for by, having me. By the way, I need you to carve your name on my table. Oh, I'm doing it. All right. Somebody get me a knife. All right. You got it. Peace. <laughs> That was so much fun. Remember, Harmony spells her name with an I and not a Y, and her last name is spelled K-E-L-L-E-Y. That's two E's and two L's. You can find her on the good old interweb at uh, HarmonyKelly.com. Facebook, it's Harmony Kelly Music. And on Instagram, it's just Harmony Kelly. If you got the gumption, head on over to to TheBigGunShow.com. And check out what my band is up to these days. You can also catch us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all with the handle of The Big Gun Show Band. That's the at the beginning, band on the end. And when COVID leaves us alone, our most consistent gig is our monthly residency at the Little Longhorn Saloon here in Austin, Texas, home of chicken shit bingo. We play the happy hour the first Friday of every month. Bring Grandma. She'll have a blast. I'll be back in two weeks, then every other week after that. Close your eyes. You're skating around that roller rink again. What five records do you have? Until next time.